This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good-aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, Undead Armies of Thay for 75 years. I'm Dave. My name is Sabreanaya Estalia. You can call me Spray. I'm an agent of the Eladrin High Council. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? Some <laughs> of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. I'm Dave. And I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, February 22nd, and this is episode 98 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Gray Area Podcast. <laughs> it's been a week. It doesn't seem that long, but wow, long enough that I'm having trouble actually remembering what we did last week. So I'm going to let Tinsy catch us up on where we are. So Dungeon Master, you are a go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the episode and uh, a couple brief things. First, I would like to thank the Heroes and Villains podcast, uh, heroesandvillains.libson.com, for their shout-out to Death Before Dishonor in their episode 5 at around the 11-minute and 30-second mark. That was very nice of them, and uh, we may have some more interaction with them at some point in time. But that was completely out of the blue, and that's good. The second part is I want to clarify from last week's episode um, that we are not in any way attempting to um, do anything satanic in terms of what we're looking for for today's episode. So this should hopefully not need the uh, the R rating or um, have any pamphlets put out for it. It's, oh, the entire uh, podcast is always an R rating because you know how we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in Australia, we wouldn't be able to get the podcast. Oh, be... wait, yes, we can. We have an R rating. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, we're not uh, we're not trying to cross a a boundary point that makes it uncomfortable for D and D from some of its past uh, complaints and so forth. So I just wanted to be clear on that. Going into today's episode, uh, the party was led along by Thorn last week, and he utilize some knowledge gained from the earth elemental when he was stuck in the mud, uh, so to speak, of the ceiling, and was able to find what appears to be a pretty old um, secret storeroom or supply cache. There's a couple chests in there, one which was mildly trapped, which Cesar uh, was kind enough to display <laughs> the effects of, for the party and uh, the listening audience. And in front of Thorn right now and Sabre, there is an extremely well-trapped and warded chest. And I think right now, just to bring things in, I'm going to start with Xanatari, and let's just have you set the scene, starting to set the scene with Xanatari, and then I will go to Cesar. So whenever Xanatari is done, just... Hand it on over. Okay. Uh, I believe last episode I opened a chest that I was not sure if I believed Thorn saying that it was not trapped. Uh, it turned out not to be trapped, and I got two cloaks and some miscellaneous vials out of it, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the cloaks I managed to put on, and the other one I kind of hid away, pretending that it was like a rag that I hid the other stuff in. I think Sabre noticed that, but uh, she was too busy, like... <laughs> pondering the axis of evil that was in front of her to really pay much attention. So uh, at this point, Xanatar is wearing one of the cloaks, which I assume has some sort of a uh, dampening visual field ability that we were talking about with the drow. And uh, I'm looking at uh, Sabre, probably noticing her noticing me noticing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so just watching them kind of standing where I am. Cesar, good evening. Good evening. Uh, Cesar, having managed to finally pull all of the poison darts out of his face. And uh, what? Oh, what? That wasn't poison. Oh, wait, was it a dart? I don't remember. So it Something. was. Okay, sure. And out of his butt. 
Uh, he, uh, Thorn is still in front of the, the radioactive chest of doom, right? Yes. That is correct, yeah. Okay. Um, he'll, uh, saunter up to, to Thorn and, uh, say, uh, so, uh, you said, uh, you say none of the other chests are trapped here, right? That you could tell? Yeah. That, that, that's right. None of them are, are trapped. Uh, this one here seems to have a few, uh, a few, uh, small nuance, uh, annoyances, but nothing that can't, that can't be solved by me. Well, uh, from, uh, my point of view, it, it seems to be just about blasting us all off our feet with some sort of arcane power. Barely, uh... I, I, <laughs> are you sure you're not reacting to the poison, Scissor? Well, <laughs> it's a little fuzzy now, but I actually noticed it right before I was, uh, you know subjected to uh the uh nasty acupuncture I don't know. there. I don't know. It was a it was a fairly high dose. You're you're not in the right of mind. Uh, I think you should lie down right. or All right. well, just, you just can rest. Keep lying to me, but uh I was trying to tell you for your sake. Go go on. Enjoy. I'll be standing in another country. <laughs> I would, uh, as far away from the chest in the room as he can and crosses his arms and Watches. See, we'll see. I, uh, as he leaves, I would uh, give him a reassuring pat on the shoulder, um, slightly patronising at the same time. <laughs> or um, completely. Or completely. Yeah. Um. Who knows? Um, Cesar, as you're exploring the room, uh, you do uh, find a vent that is covered. It's in the floor. Uh, would probably fit a quite a large humanoid, okay. and uh, very stout grate over the top of it that's locked and kind of secured. But there's a good amount of warm air coming up from this vent. Okay. Does it does it appear to be like a a a, a point of access? Like it does it seem to be designed for travel? Of, of humanoids, or does it is it more of a industrial type thing where I could fit in if I needed to, but it doesn't seem to be designed for that purpose? Uh, on quick quick review, uh, undetermined answer, but it does seem to be um, hinged in a way that potentially someone could get into. Okay. Alright, and Xanatari, just to cover quickly, the cloak that you have on right now appears to be blocking portions of you um, that it covers from heat vision. Mm, okay. Whatever, uh, inf- infra- infrared. Infravision, whatever. Does anyone have heat vision other than the drow that I would get this uh, information from? Well, anyone from the uh, who can see in the dark relies ah. some degree on that, so... Uh, Sabri would see that. Me. Thorn would see that. Says <laughs> yeah. not necessarily, but he's got low light vision, so we'll just kind of fudge around there. If he's got his goggles or something, he might notice that. Hi. But yeah, you, you would notice it just, it's a very nice, uh, kind of cloak about you for, from your viewpoint. Okay. It's a nice green leaf brooch. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Leaves of Florian. You know, ni- nice, These nice evil fabric. Florian. Do not fall idly. <laughs> no, because they look good. It's, 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 it's a real killer outfit. Uh, Sabre. Yes. Welcome. Okay. Um, she was... <laughs> what, you want to put up an extra middle finger to the uh, webcam for uh, the greeting, or uh, one no? suffice? Um, no one will suffice, but I won't do that. Um... Sabre so will spend a few minutes talking over the ritual with Thorn and okay. kind of going over her thoughts. And then as they get done, she'll kind of lean her head around and look at Fluffy that's hanging on Thorn's back. And she'll say, I think you probably want to have your companion somewhere else. You can say this. lover. It's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Makes note to poison Cesar in future. <laughs> Hold on, let me make this note. Why does Cesar get poisoned for something Sabre does? He's already been poisoned many times. 
don't think you're gonna get him with that. Because Sasa said lava. I don't swing that way. Uh, that was that was Eric. Yeah, not Cesar. Sorry, so. yeah, he had his gateway drug of uh, poisoning you one time, apparently, Cesar, and he's going to go for you again. Could be mm -hmm. a truth drug. And she'll uh, she'll say, plus we probably have some additional preparations to do beforehand, so yep. I'll, meet, um, I'll meet you back over here in a minute. And she'll turn around and kind of walk over into a corner and kind of throw her pack half angrily into the corner and take her armor off and just kind of kneel down and meditate for a minute. Okay. Thorn, good evening. Good evening. Um, I would probably take suggestion and sort of remove Fluffy from my pack, um, you know, setting it down so he can go and crawl around somewhere. Oh, that's um, right. He stuck to you with those claws, like the child's backpack. I forgot. Ugh. <laughs> it wasn't stuck to me. He was stuck to the backpack. He's like one of those parasites anyway. from Aliens. <laughs> oh. Head crab. Yeah, the, the face, the face huggers. Yeah, except on your back. Yeah, except on my back. Um, well, let's just be glad that he's not like a chest burster. Um, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Carry on. Oh, the night's still oh, young. <laughs> Maybe that's how he was born. His eggs were laid that's in exactly the corpse right. of oh, In the drow. Oh. Stop. Go no further. <laughs> Take it easy, Sabre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it says there's all sorts of something tonight. Um, okay, so from there I would then approach Xanatari. Um, uh, and I'd probably have a very serious demeanor. Um, Demeanor. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Forgive me. I didn't have a lot of sleep. Um, so I come up and I look very serious, and I, you know, in a hushed tone, I would um, say to Zanatari, "I'll ask, do you still have the drow pendant that we found uh, when we started all this?" Hmm, I would look at Thorn, being uncharacteristically serious, ask him why so serious, and then say, uh, yes, I think I still have that pen, that, uh, brooch. What, why do you need it? For what we're about to attempt, uh, Sabra and I, I'm going to need to borrow it as part of opening the traps on the chest. It's kind of like a key. Is this very dangerous? Not really, no. <laughs> You're a horrible liar. But I'll fall for it anyway. Everybody's just biting his hand, or her hand. <laughs> okay, um, considering that the only reason I kept it is, you know, just because it was almost like a, a little war prize, and it's caused some problems before by uh, trying to move and to grab other things that were loft-like. I guess I would hand it over to him. He saved me from it once, and it's kind of his in some way, too. Um, but I would caution him, you know, to remember what happened the last time we had this out. Uh, and I'd hate to to have to this time save your hand. I would give it to him. Uh, I'd flash her a grin and say, I'll make sure this gets back to you. Um, and I then go back over to the uh, to the chest, so I, and kneel down in front of it, so I could uh, basically start to examine, or make it look like I'm examining the mechanical traps on the the chest, um, putting the pouch into oh, the the brooch into one pouch. Okay. I'm gonna put Bert away as well because uh, I don't think he will enjoy what's to come, and it will darken the room significantly for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cesar, do you have any sunrod still, or? Um, sure. <laughs> Bring out your rods, old man. That's wrong. That's really wrong. <laughs> okay. Notice how she said plural. <laughs> yeah. You never know, Cesar. Why do you have Why do you have more than one? Okay, Xanatari, do you ask Cesar for anything, or are you just going to hide in the uh, pretty much non-light, aside from a faint reddish 
pinkish glow from the vent. Um, the room. And the fungus. Yes. Hmm. I think I'm going to ask Cesar. Do you think? Do you mind taking out one of your sun rods? Because I know you all can see, but I can't. And who knows what's going to come out of that chest? Yeah, you better have your eyes open. This probably is going to be good. He, she, he hands her one to do with as she wishes. I crack it and shake it. Or wait, whatever whatever you do with the sun I don't know. It's a glow stick. I keep them in the freezer. They last long. I put it in my mouth. No. Um, I can't wait for the, uh, since you've got that Paragon uh, class. Yeah, that's right. I, can't wait for, I can't wait for the walking glow stick. <laughs> And the uh, the mobile video recorder of to record things that Thorn does. <laughs> it'll, it'll end up being like uh, like a D four Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, he's doing it again! Ah! <laughs> Where the hell did he get a Minotaur from? <laughs> Shit! All right. Okay. Um, Sabre, <laughs> I have to know in your backpack. Does Cyber mm-hmm. have the uh, the equivalent of an Easy Bake oven to go with the tea set and everything? <laughs> Maybe. She does scones. Okay. Um, you're off in the corner, obviously disgusted and, and frustrated with this whole situation. Um, anything further that you wish to share with with us regarding your mindset and for, so forth? No, she's just trying to center herself a little bit. She's frustrated, probably a little scared. Um trying to figure out exactly how she's going to do all this and not get someone killed. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the most frustrating part. And she'll probably just kneel there for a few minutes and then get up and kind of steady herself and cross back over to the chest and kneel down next to Thorn. Okay. Okay. Uh, since we are kind of at the, at the mercy due to my homework assignment of... Uh, <laughs> Last week, Thorn and Sabre, you guys have the floor until say otherwise. And okay, she'll uh, Sabre will look over at Thorn and ask him, "Are you ready for this?" Uh, never. Sabre will nod to him and then bow down in front of the chest. Um, I would then follow suit. Um, no kneeling and then bowing before the chest. Cesar whispers to Xanatari, This is great, buddy. (laughs) I whisper back, I don't see any buttons, but I'm nervous. (laughs) Um, After a few minutes, she will rise back up and begin, O Queen of Spiders, ruler of the demon web pits, mistress of darkness, we come before your majesty in humble reverence to seek your blessing. From your chaos comes your power, power that only you bestow on those who are worthy, but power always and should come with a price. And at that, her hand flashes out with a dagger that you kind of don't know where she saw, where she was hiding it, and it comes to rest just on the edge of Thorn's throat. Not enough to cut him, she draws a little bit of blood. And she looks back to the chest and says, Should you wish it, I will spill the blood of my ally to gain your favor. Um, at this point, um, not expecting the dagger, um, I'd react in a similar fashion and counter um, a dagger flashing out and coming to rest in a sort of counter maneuver against the brave throat. And I would say, betrayal is the true path to power. My dagger shall be the hidden instrument in the darkness. Um, taking a moment, I would then, uh, with the dagger held against the braid's throat, I would reach into my pouch and pull out one of the spider rings. Um, and grabbing Sabre's uh, hand, I would then slide the ring onto her finger forcefully. Um, then, uh, once that was done, um, and, you know, sort of shoring the, the dagger up against her throat, you know, to, to make sure that she doesn't move, 
um, I take the brooch out of the other pouch and begin to move it near to the ring, um, activating it like we saw uh, previously. Um, and the the legs of the ring will start to dig into her hand and, and uh, finger, uh, which would uh, start to draw blood. And then I would say, this ring, a symbol of her reign over the demon web, shall ensnare my ally. Their blood spilled for my greater good, to grant me the power which I deserve and have fought for. Um, and then I say, I beseech thee, O queen of the demon web, grant unto me the power to open this vessel and receive your gift. Okay. Um, so I think that's up to you, Nelson, bro. Okay. She, uh, her eyes kind of widen with the ring and it digging into her hand, and she drops her dagger almost kind of surprised she wasn't expecting that and then she's kind of let her hand go a little bit limp in your grasp so she's kind of expecting you to do something next um with that uh uh i would grab the wrist of sabray um you know bloodied um and start to move it towards the sigil that's on top of the chest um you know palm down where all the blood is starting to to leak from the wound um, and, and push it down over the top of the sigil. Okay. Just before you get, as you're starting to move her hand closer to the chest, you know, her breathing starts to get faster and she starts shaking her head. And just before you get it there, she it's just like her arm becomes steel. She just stops and she just shakes her head and goes, no, no, I can't do this. I won't do this. This isn't right. I won't let her have me again, never again. And she'll yank her hand away from you. Stand up. And she said, I won't let anyone have, I won't let anyone go to her either. And she picks up her foot and kind of cracks you in the shoulder just enough to knock you aside, not enough to really hurt you, but to get you out of the way. And she spins back around to the chest and goes, O oh, maiden of moonlight, Elastrae, your follower calls for your aid. Please protect your servant in this darkness by shining your light to those obstacles before us. Cull this darkness out and free our way, and her sword will come out with a singing slash and flash down, and she will bury it right in the middle of that sigil. There is... Uh... Not a surprisingly bright flash of light, but it is as if there is a patch of moonlight or a miniature moon somewhere within the room. And for a moment, Cesar, uh, since you're kind of off on the side, there's enough trick of the light mm -hmm. that there appears to be that damned drow um, interacting in some way with the chest for a moment and then the, the blinks flicker away. drow. Okay. Oh, there he is! And... Sabre, is this your only sword? Yes. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the one from the story. So. There is... quite a lot of... Uh, Discordant energy released in the room right now. If I'm going to go around the table, and if each of you had some sort of chaotic mutation happen to their character, I'm going to ask each of you to tell me what it is. Okay? Cesar. Um, he no longer has a head. Okay. <laughs> Xanatari? Um, with all of this, I think at this point, Xanatari would be throwing up in the corner because uh, after her her um, Paragon Path that she's chosen, uh, she's actually got some really cool new powers which I haven't had a chance to try out. But What, what path? What path did you pick? <laughs> you have to wait. Oh, okay. But at this point... Uh, Actual wings would burst out of her back. She would have a complete glowing halo of light surrounding her body. And 
you know, all of her holy symbol uh, powers would be all amped up with divine strength. I would be literally throwing up in the corner, and I think the mutation I would have would be lightning would begin to strike around me and actually hurt me as it's striking, uh, because my god would be quite upset by this entire procedure and the fact that I'm standing there in it. Okay. Thorn? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure that I... Given that I'm essentially one giant mutation to begin with. <laughs> you look completely human it. and normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking that. I, I look human and normal. Um, smell and fresh. Um, <laughs> oh, that's your mutation. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, yeah. in Boca, somewhere in Boca Raton, Florida, Thorne's standing there at a Starbucks, <laughs> looking like a wage slave, getting his coffee in the morning. Okay. All right. Uh, so you would you would look normal, Thorn? Air quotes. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I'm not even sure what sort of mutation I would have. Um, I I couldn't tell you to be honest. Okay. And Sabre. Um, probably it would be her worst fears manifested. She'd probably start sprouting spider legs and. Uh, you know, all the components of, you know, the body and neck and head of a spider. Eyes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, your deity, Sabre, has been in, locked in an internal combat with Loth for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years and probably a greater time span than a lot of us would understand, um, usually to a stalemate in one respect or the other. And it just as it looks like perhaps you're going to lose your sword, that the moonlight will not be enough to turn the tide, uh, Xanatari's actions and the forcefulness of her rebuke, and perhaps the rebuke from her deity, is enough in this case to save the party from this flickering moment where, as you look around the group, there's a flash. And the mutations are there, and suddenly they're not. So it's like this brief sort of, um, oh, what's that movie that's got the um, Event Horizon? Mm. Go see the movie Event Horizon. Um, I think Netflix has it for free. But it's kind of one of those flicker moments where something is entirely different from how it actually is. And the sword is expelled from the chest. And just about every sort of nasty potential contact trap goes off on the chest in one fell swoop. To the point there's even spinning blades that come from the top of the chest, just from being flicked out, that wood cuts, uh, spikes. <laughs> um, Jehovah's the, with an eye. The lock <laughs> itself appears to be um, a rather ingenious trap in that um, it explodes in sort of a puff. So if someone pick, was picking it, it would take a face full of spores. Underneath is the actual lock, however. This chest now looks pretty much like a very pissed-off hedgehog. <laughs> but the symbol of Loth is no longer present. Uh, for those with the ability to understand arcane energy, the Three Mile Island Chernobyl effect is gone. Mm -hmm. But you don't hear a click of the lock on opening. Okay. Um, I guess this is my time to shine. Mm -hmm. By the way, Xanatari, mm. your deity is extremely... You get the feeling from, um, from your deity that it is extremely pleased that it's your outburst led to a temporary defeat such a dark being. Oh, good. I would still be clutching Bert in the corner, heaving 
Yes. Someone will pay later. But you, you, you are, you get the feeling that you are atoned for your presence. Okay, excellent. <laughs> okay. So, um, at this, once um, I'm sure that all the negative energy has dissipated, I'm going to turn to Zenatari with a a grin, but when I see her like throwing up, it would sort of like passes over as concern before um, taking on a very serious look again. Um, take the, the the pendant that I'm holding in one hand and and sort of toss it at her feet. Um, then turning back, sort of single-mindedly focusing on the chest, I would like to perform my first of many theory rolls to disarm or sort of retract the, the traps in order to get to the lock to pick it. Okay. Uh, 17 would be my first. Okay. Go again. I, you, don't, you don't know if this is a good or bad number. <laughs> no, I don't. That one there is a lot better. That one there is a 31. Okay. Sabre. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll a d20. Mm-hmm. Give the number to Thorn. 19. I assume your thievery will put it somewhere in the 30s then, Thorn? 19. Uh... 33. Okay. Cesar? Mm-hmm? Since you have been tormented, roll a d20 twice. Okay. First roll is... Uh, <laughs> to the floor with you. <laughs> Eight. Okay. Um, that's... Uh, 22. Okay. And 18. So 32. Okay. Yeah, 32. And Xanatari. D20. 15. Okay. Um, 29. Great. Thorn, is there anything special um, that you're doing out of normal with these traps or trying to do this disarming? Um, given that I, I somewhat know the nature and the... Uh, deadly qualities of this chest now that sort of they're revealed and I'm, I'm essentially trying to reverse the traps mm-hmm. to take them off. I'm sort of reverse engineering them. Um, I'd be taking uncharacteristic care with the with the triggers and and um, you know traps and and levers and and whatnot to make sure that none of them are going off. Um, and I, I'm sort of following, like, if you were to untangle um, a bunch of cords or something, you'd find the longest one, the one that's, like, the least tangled, and go from that and start to pull them out one at a time. So, you know, finding the most complicated or the most present, in this case, I think would be the, the spikes, I'd probably prioritize and then work my way backwards, um, you know, causing them to retract one at a time until I came down to the final lock. Okay. Cesar, as you're watching this, are you going to offer any assistance? No. I would like you to roll a uh, a one d ten after telling me high or low. I will say low. Okay. And I roll five. Okay. Thorn. Mm-hmm. As you're going through this path, uh, you find a failsafe or a little nugget that uh, hasn't gone off yet. And you're going to have to deal with this one because otherwise your work will potentially be undone. Okay. But you're not too familiar with the craftsmanship on this one. Mm -hmm. I would like you to pick somebody in the party. Yep. And they're going to roll a 1d6. Yep. And you're going to tell them high or low. It says, uh, I trust you. Oh, you do? You, you, you do me good. Um, okay. I'm going to say hi. Two. <laughs> Thorn, 
you've had sufficient sufficient um, successes in your challenge to this point where you have managed to keep most of the traps from going off again, but you do trigger the failsafe. And mm-hmm. a set of uh, flicked um, spinning blades come popping back out of the chest. But you're able to get your tools in there just before the rest of them start to spin up. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the traps start to go off. You don't take any damage, though. But this this trap, this um, this chest is looking quite a bit like the Pandora's box. There's definitely something in there that nobody expected to get back into. You realize that this chest was pretty much a one-way effort. Mm-hmm. It's just setting off that many bells. Um, anybody else in the party want to make a perception check? Sure. Or do Why something not? off on the side or whatever? Watching pretty intently. Okay. Well, it says or did. Okay. Stepping in yet. He he made his bed. Let's see. Perception. Or dungeoneering or anything else like that. Just to throw it out. Natural there. 20. Okay. So 35. Okay. Um, anybody else want to go? I'd like to roll an arcane check. Sure. Mm, 16. Xanatari, there is a leak from somewhere within that chest. And whatever is in there from just suddenly the stress of everything going off in this chest. There's like a there's like a crack somewhere, but there's enough arcane energy that you can sort of sense that makes that sigil mm-hmm. seem like you're playing with pop caps. Pop kind caps. of like a cap, a cap cap gun. Ah, like it's gonna go off. Yeah, you, th- you, th- you think you're looking with like a Dylan mini gun, electric mini gun, and you're actually that was just the pop cap. Okay. I will um, keep that information to myself unless someone attempts to deal directly with it. Okay. Your deity actually seems to be, afraid might not be the right word, but um, abundantly cautious for your existence. Uh, because of that uh, front part that's bursting with arcane, or just in general? because what, of- Whatever this energy signature is. Okay. Your de- your deity just did a what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You did bring that rubber suit, didn't you? Uh huh. Okay. Is Thorn oh. attempting to deal that with that yet, or is he still disarming traps? Thorn is Thorn is still disarming traps. Um, Cesar, mm-hmm. with a natural beautiful twenty. It's gorgeous. It's it is absolutely gorgeous and. <sighs> How to do a 20 for perception. Let me just give you the result, and then if you want to do your epic description or find something else or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you want to make some other grand discovery. How about we do that? We'll do an epic grand discovery if you Maybe want. Maybe he just <laughs> finally is able to burp the whole alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> and we perceive it so clearly. I um, think... Um, in order for, for for Cesar, especially with this mechanical trap, it, it unlocks like it's kind of like a, a Rosetta Stone for um art artificers. He's he could pick up quite a few things from the the mechanics of this the box just by watching what's going on. He is watching quite intently what I'm doing, um, trying to be satisfied that I'm going to kill myself on this box. So maybe he he yeah. learns a few things about mechanical traps or something. I don't know. Just some ideas. It's actually potentially a very good idea as well. Thank you, Thorne. Um, hey, Cesar? Mm-hmm. Betrayal and deception being great things. Mm-hmm. Um, you happen to notice that on the backside of the chest, wherever that drow was, mm-hmm. the, the, the flickering drow, mm-hmm. um, there's a what appears to be a very well-hidden small drawer that could be pulled out. Cesar takes note of that and stays where he is for right now. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to take advantage of with that 20? Um, 
Well, let's just hope whatever's in that drawer pays off. <laughs> okay. Uh, otherwise, if there's something, if he sees that something's about to come flying out of that chest, he wants to be able to dodge it. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. Thorn, are you ready? Never. Never ready. Sabre, I would mm-hmm. like you to take and roll three d20s. Okay. Hmm, number one. Uh, 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 five. Okay. Ten. Nine. Wow, that one's going in the the fuck back. <laughs> Thorn, where does that roughly put mm-hmm. you for your successes? For favorite? Yep. Um uh, nineteen twenty-four twenty-three. Okay. Somehow miraculously, by the skin of your teeth, you are able to um unlock the chest. Okay. Um maybe to give a little bit of insight, this uh this chest is actually a little bit more than just loot for, for Thorn. Um this is also potentially reputation making as well. Um, to to say that he's been able to crack a chest of Lolf, um, it could sort of be uh, given a, a, a title amongst his um, clan and guild, the one that you know obviously you guys don't know about. But um, there's a lot of the, a lot a lot on the line because he he he, I, he knows that um, no matter where he is, he's being watched and and his actions are being judged. Um, by the clan uh, that he belongs to, so uh, there's a there's a lot riding on this in regards to um, his skill set and his prowess as not only a thief but a uh, a seeker as well. Um, so uh, he's he's trying really really hard to make sure that he doesn't uh, not succeed. He he really wants to succeed. So there is a lot of um, focus being put into this, more so than he would with any other trap. Very good. You know I'm not going to let you open this, right? You can try. Just saying. Before Tinzian allows it, I'm, there's going to be things that happen. I'm letting him know ahead of time. <laughs> you, you can try. <laughs> okay, I see you messing with the sigil on the front. The uh, very dangerous one that I've seen leaking a potentially world destructive energy and I'm going to move forward to the chest. Okay, you've got the floor. Okay, uh, basically I'm going to draw my sword and point it at the sigil in a way that it can hit you but it's not directly threatening and I've seen you open the chest as far as unlocking things. I'm going to say to you you can't open that up and I'm going to tell you that uh, I've done an arcane check, and I know you want what's inside, but there's something else in there besides your object that you're after, whatever that may be. And there's some sort of destructive energy inside. If you open it up, it could kill us all and have greater ramifications. I would stand, um, leaving my, my tools in a, a position where whatever I was working on at the time is uh, relatively safe and actually stand in front of the sword. Um, basically protecting the chest, which is weird, you know, not wanting Zenitara to, to drive her sword through it. And I'd fix her with a look, and i say, in a very hushed tone, so no one else can hear, uh, I know. You know you could destroy all of us and the world around us, and you're still going to open the chest. Because I'm pretty upset about the fact you asked me for the symbol of Lolth, knowing full well that it was going to upset my god, make me ill, and injure members of the party. Your decision-making powers aren't giving me confidence right now. Then I would suggest you move on. 
How far away can I get from the rolling wave of destruction about to come out of this chest? With what I intend to do, I'm not going to let that happen. Understand, she's standing I, there, basically glowing, with wings streaming out of her back, pissed off lightning coming off of her skin at this point. way that I see you is you're still Xanatari. So, regardless of how you look with you know the awe-inspiring wings and stuff, I still see the, the core um, person there standing in front of me. Um... I can't let you destroy this chest. You want me to trust your intentions, but you've hidden a lot from us. Uh, if you want me to let you open this without a fight, I think you need to let me into your, bra your brain. <laughs> you don't want to be in my brain. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't even want to. You don't even want to know what is at the edge of my mind, which is there all the time then I would say I can't trust you with all of our lives and the lives of the people around this area. If you won't trust Sorry, me with your intentions. <laughs> Cesar nudges Sabre and says, this is getting good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Bird out and shine it in your face. I would uh, blink at the sudden light because nobody likes having a torch shined in their eyes and sort of bat your hand away and take a step forward to the point of the sword and repeat no. Then we're at an impasse. We are. Mm. Let me open this chest or kill me before you do. Destroy it at least anyway. That's your choice. Well, I don't have a problem with whatever you want to get out of this chest, but I have a problem with what else is living in this chest. If you can tell me how you're going to get out the object, whatever whatever your purpose was in opening this, I'll consider allowing you to figure out another way, but I'm not going to let you crack the lid and let the rest of it escape without some sort of plan. Again, um, I'm sort of trusting in <coughs> my my cult cult um, the, the, the group that I belong to and the mad god that I serve um, is going to not protect me but ensure that I get what I need from this chest uh, whether my life is forfeit or not um, so I would fix her again you know with that mischievous smile of, I'm making the plan up as I go along here. Um, sort of shrug and go, hey, I'm a master thief. <sighs> okay, uh, at this point, I think I'm going to pull my holy symbol out. I'm going to look up to the heavens, charge it up, and I'm going to cast holy cleansing on him. Uh, the purpose of it is to see if he's being controlled by Lolth or some sort of dark energy similar to a Caesar before, because it seems uncharacteristic of Thorn that I've known to put us all in the universe at risk. So I'm going to cast my daily on him and see if it somehow writes his brain, and if not, then I will see what happens. So okay. not something is, I have to roll for, so do you want me to is, describe it? Is, is one... Um, I'm going to have you describe it, but also tell me if there's any visual effect to it um, once you're done describing it. I'm going to channel healing energy into myself or an ally, in this case him, trying to drive out disease or other ills, insanity perhaps being an ill, and uh, I need to make a savings throw with a plus five power bonus against each effect on him if there is such an effect. Uh, if he suffers from disease, he can spend healing surge to improve that by two stages or get hit points back. Um, but, again, I don't know if this is something that will affect him. It's just a thought. Thorn, are you yourself, or do you have a malady? I am myself. Okay, then basically... I am... So, yes. I am... I am... To give background, I am being driven by the 
she's correct in some aspects. I, I am being driven um, by um, a darker force, the one that my cult belongs to, that I've never ever seen or heard the name of. Um, but he's he is there more so. He's present uh, more so uh, now than he was ever previously. Um, I mean, I guess I could fill you guys in a little bit if you want to know what's going on, as in, I guess, player player information. Mm. Um, Using out-of-character info? Yep, so out-of-character info is, um, as you guys know, I, I belong to a, a cult um, that collects artifacts for a god. Now, that god is called Thara's Dun, um, uh, who is essentially uh, um, the god of madness. He is He's kind of like... Um, you know, if you guys played uh, well, uh, Yog Saron mm. is the god of madness. He his name cannot be spoken or cannot be thought without inflicting insanity, um, and he is forever present. Um, you know, in, in in the cult, he basically directs people by uh, driving them mad, and kind of like those mad prophets that you see running through the streets saying the end is nigh, blah blah blah. Essentially that, but they um, they're given like fragments to to direct their the other saner cult cultists, and then those orders are passed on to me um, to to then carry out. So essentially, I'm I'm in, I'm enforcing my role as a as a seeker, but it's very much twisted by the cult at the moment, and that's why I'm seeking artifacts and and whatnot. Um, and this is probably the first time. You know, given the amount of darkness that we've been um, exposed to, you know, um, Lolf and you know the the pouring out of the drow in the seven pillared hall and the time warp that we went through, um, my resistances have really been worn down so much so that it's actually allowed uh, Tharazdan to uh, enter my mind like a I guess like a fog. Um, and hardening my efforts towards finding the, these these artifacts that he consumes to release him from his prison. Um, yet at the same time, the the whole seeker aspect and and the the shifter aspect in me is being called to by a god on the good side, um, who is the the goddess of the wild, and she basically is helping me resist up until this point, even though I don't realize she's there. She's sort of like a, a patron goddess that I don't quite recognize. Um, so it's the reason why, up until this point, I've been able to resist any of that sort of madness or, or insanity. But down here, where we're in the heart of a drow city, there's no you know, wildlife, there's no nature, it's all just stone and darkness, and I'm cut off from that. So over time, this, this I guess, corruption has, has been building slowly um, to this point where I have a single purpose and um, my paragon path seeks to um, appease the spirits in blood and it, in this case, those those spirits is the madness that I'm, I'm being corrupted by. So uh, I understand that this isn't characteristic of Thorn. Um, and it's kind of weird and, and a little bit scary at the same time. Um, but it, this is essentially everything that he's doing is, is still thorn to him. This is this is who he is. This is who he's always been. Um, and he doesn't quite realize that it's out of character. Okay, Thorn, would you? And this is this is your choice entirely. Would you like to have? Um, any of Xanatari's magic that she just cast on you have any effect against the corruption? I would like her to discover the fact that there is a darker intent. Um, I don't know whether she's powerful enough to um, expel it, but I, I'll leave that up to you. Whether you whether she she can expel it or not, whether she can you know push it back and become the resisting force that I need to continue my struggle until I can, um, until we can come to a point where alignment change is necessary. 
Xanatari, um, you have yet to discover the uh, locket that the pendant that Thorn crafted for you, correct? Correct. Okay. Would you be amenable to at least a suggestion that you can have an effect on Thorn, but it'd sort of be like dumping sand onto a beach to fight erosion Mm -hmm. at the moment with how it's going about it would be eventually a losing battle Mm -hmm. with the option to improve that condition going forward uh yes do i get to understand the darker force that is driving him i think you would understand that there is a darker force uh pretty much on on the grazing the surface side, but it is not Thorn acting himself with malice. Okay. Um, I would sense this darker force somewhere lurking in his thoughts. Uh, understand that he's not controlled by Loth, or he doesn't have any connection necessarily to the drow, but that there's something that isn't uh, good here, isn't helpful to us. And at this point, I don't know if you want me to actually use an attack power, but I'm going to try to shove him out of the way and get between him and the chest. I'm not going to hurt him with my sword. I'm going to use my hands and the flat of my blade to try to shove him back and stand between him and the chest. If you want me to roll, I can hammering wind him back uh, um, and knock him go, back. Go ahead and, go ahead and do that. Uh, if I can just jump in for one moment. Um, Cesar? You saw, by the way, when um, Xanatari pulled out Bert, that uh, there was the, just in that flicker of a flash of light out of the corner of your eye when you were turning to talk to Sabre. Mm-hmm. Um, that flickering drow ah. is near you guys. <laughs> no! Damn you, drow! <laughs> do you want to and... do them first? Yeah, do it. No, just, uh, and, and, and hold on, it's just bits and pieces jumping in here. Um, and Xanatari, you've never felt emotion from Bert before. Mm-hmm. Bert is scared and sad. You're Whatever's in the chest. What? Oh, okay. Um, Cesar, do you have any reaction? There he is again! But I've learned that it seems to be futile to try to do anything about it, so I'll just keep my eye out and watch that spot intently. Okay. Uh, Sabre, any reaction to the outburst from Cesar? She's probably still so shaken from the whole incident. She's been over there kind of after she after the explosion with the chest, she walked back over to her pack trying to bandage her hand that got tore up by the uh, by the ring and just still she's just really out of it at the moment so she okay. probably looks up with kind of just a blank stare of uh, any potions or salves or anything you're going to put on that particularly she's just using a little water and trying to clean it out she doesn't have any okay. just some first aid bandage so can you sing a rainbow again? <laughs> All right. Um, going back, sanitary hammering wind. Okay, I'm going to roll here. Oh, great. Oh, no, that's a 12. Okay. Uh, 26 versus AC. Uh, does he... What's his AC? 25. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to try to hit you, so I'm not going to roll for damage if that's okay. I'm going to use the wind aspect of it, which will uh, slam you backward to the ground, and it will move you within three squares uh, of me currently. So I'm going to shove you back, and I'm going to step between the chest. I'm actually going to sheathe my sword, and I'm going to stand there. Um, Thorn? Um... I'm going to have to fight and, and struggle, and in this case, I'm going to have to perform like a melee basic attack in, a, in the sense of I'm going to grab your leg and like pull at you to, to sort of pull you away from the chest. Okay. So, melee basic attack. Um, 13 plus... 
strengths. Uh, I guess it's a 14 versus AC. Maybe he's Okay. I will kick you in the face for trying to pull me. I won't, actually, but <laughs> I'll just yank my leg back. And as Thorn goes flying away from the chest, Xanatari takes out. <sighs> as per usual, if you enjoy Death of Fort Dishonor and you enjoy these episodes and listening to them, I encourage you to donate to the show. We are supported entirely by listener donations, and there's been a few of you lately who have been generous enough to do that. Um, always helpful to the maintenance of the site and just to show your appreciation if you enjoyed the show so we can keep coming at you every week. So if you'd like to do so, you can go to deathd4dishonor.com and look on the right-hand side where there are buttons. You can choose an amount or you can pick ones that are already there. Uh, it goes directly to PayPal and uh, is excellent for the use of the show. So thank you for doing that and for your support as always. Also, if you choose to go to iTunes and listen through there, you can leave stars or reviews or any sort of feedback to the show. It's always really good to know what you think. And uh, we thank you for that as well. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews on relationships between gamers at genesee.com or signalsmedia.com. Join us for a worldwide adventure and stay tuned for next week as we continue our travels. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Now, just remember, if children Hail everywhere Satan. are forbidden from listening to this program, it'll be your fault. I'll Hail say, that's, that's be all your fault. No pressure. Oh, well. Yeah. Hail Santa. Oh, by the way, Sorry, we're, ne- we're, we're, we're now getting um, uh, endorsements from Westboro Baptist Church, something about that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Endorsements, are, uh, little signs on my lawn, so for your fault. <laughs> I'll be. I'll go, go get my coffee. I'll be ready. <laughs> I love how Eric just—he's just like I'm here. It's just me. He'll comb his hair, sticking straight up. He'll just stick his fingers in his eyes. He doesn't care. He's like live stream, live stream. I don't give a crap. I'm here. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's I, like, I, like care. I comb my hair for no man. <laughs> I'm my own man. Yes. I cook babies. I kill deer with my hands. By deer, I mean soft toys, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <clears throat> and here we have the Eric Ryan in his natural habitat. <laughs> Sometimes you can hear him talking in the background. Perhaps to what? his mate, or perhaps Katie. to a baby. <clears throat> what? A baby. Uh, absolutely what? horrible. Kitchen wet why does David Attenborough sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> it's, like a, it's a love child. Get to the chopper! <laughs> Get to the program! We Put see on your the earbuds! Bearcat making its way to the chopper as it <laughs> vacates the nest. It's nice. And the Eric is stirring the coffee three times to the left, two times to the right. And now, this is turning the light off within the food hunting sanctuary. <laughs> this is often seen as a ritual of mating amongst the Eric's. Is he lost his mate, Katie, to him? This should totally be part of the outfit. Oh, I'm recording it. Don't think I'm not. He doesn't know. And we have broke the DM. Night is now ready to go. Eric will listen to the episode and he'll get to the answer and be like, what the hell? This is what happens when you walk away from the... The Katie, uh... showing interest in the Eric, cleans the apartment. (laughs)
and a sign of mutual. <laughs> you can't even say. Still lost within his food preparation area. <laughs> Small territory that he claimed. In response to the female's cleaning of the apartment, the male Eric picks up the clothes and follows her into the laundry. We're in for a real sensual night of love. <laughs> With the small children calling for the, for the birds in the background. <laughs> they trip. <laughs> Eric? You can't Eric? Hear you. Eric? Hello? Yes? 